Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast, where we connect leaders in the gaming industry to discuss passions and challenges. I'm Saul, and I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by a fantastic panel to discuss the journey into a career in art and design. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, a Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So guys, before we dive in, we're going to work our way around the room to give the listeners an idea on who you are, what it is that you do, and what it is that you're passionate about as well. So Tom, would you like to kick us off, please? Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, welcome. Uh, I'm Tom. I'm head of game design at Chimera. I'm in the games industry for well, about 15 years now. Scary to say that out loud. Um, and game designer by passion, I started my career in what I call the traditional classic game industry, where we actually develop a game, put it into a box, and then it was actually uh, the release day. We've been there in the media store to watch people buy the box. Uh, that was kind of cool. Moved on from there uh, to um, the more free-to-play side of uh, things. Uh, first installment was like uh, Michael Magic Heroes Online was my first touch point in there. Uh, so my first six years, I've been working with and for Ubisoft, um, mainly on the NO series. Um, after that one, I moved over to Good Game Studios um, to work on an unfortunately unreleased um, uh, project um, together in Fourth Force Studio, and an RPG uh, based on Unreal Engine. That was an awesome thing, and for me, kind of the first step from the purely operative side of things to the more administrative side of things, so my first role as a design director. From there, because it was a quite intensive time, I took a break, uh, focusing on the basics, doing some board game stuff uh, with friends of mine. That was a cool breakout, actually focusing on, you know, game design without any dependencies uh, that we know from the, from the industry. After that, uh, I moved on to where I am right now, uh, to Chimera Entertainment, um, where I've started to be the lead designer of Angry Birds Evolution. That was kind of my first mobile game, which was great. Um, and this thing is still running, which uh, makes me quite proud. Um, from there and still within Chimera, I now uh, have the pleasure and the honor to to lead our design department um, as a head. And that's me. Thank you, Tom. And your career is only 15 years young, remember? So try not to make yeah, yourself feel Yeah, thank you so much. Better. Thank you so much. Awesome, thank you. Santiago, could you jump in next for me, please? Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. So I'm Santiago Busquets. I'm an art lead here in Work Gaming. I've been in the industry for just four years, but I put almost 10 years in art direction uh, for advertisement. And there I had an opportunity to work with, to work and lead a variety of artists from architectures uh, to copywriters. And that gave me an interesting perspective on how to direct art. And I'm always looking for opportunities to how to apply this in-game. Uh, I think over those past years, I put a lot of work in the development and maintenance of a product artistic vision. And I really love to work with all types of artists and to really uh, drive the bar of uh, their deliverables. Thank you, Santiago. Carolina, could we jump into your introduction next, please? Sure. 
So my name is Carolina. I'm the art lead at Legendary Play. Um, I've been in the gaming industry for around six years on uh, very different positions, art-related. Uh, sometimes with a UI artist, UI designer, 2D artist, illustrator, graphic designer. So I went through all of that, basically. I'm pretty freshman on the lead position, uh, but so far the experience is great. Um, on my private time, I like hiking. <laughs> And that would be it. <laughs> Thank you, Carolina. And finally, Sam. Hey, I'm Sam. Um, I've been in the industry since around 2011. Um, I started as a game di game designer in Facebook games, if you remember them. Uh, I was in the SimCity Facebook game um, when I lived in China. Um, I did a few mobile startups and then joined Jaeger, uh, my current company in Berlin, in 2015. Um, game design is my main experience, uh, but I really live for pitching and prototyping new projects. Um, the first one being uh, The Cycle. Um, it went through a big reboot recently, but the original version um, was was a pitch that I originally did. And that really got me into um, creative direction as like a passion or something. I'm like, I really, I really want to get into this. Um, so yeah, I sort of went beyond game design into more creative team cultures, working with different disciplines and hiring as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really into sort of empowering the team and figuring out how to get the most exciting, interesting, unique value out of the bunch of random people that are assembled underneath me. Um, yeah, outside of outside of games, I just like you know the good life, uh, cooking, drinking, traveling. Um, not particularly original, but um, a nice break from sitting in front of a computer. Sounds good enough to me. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, so we're going to jump into our first topic of the day, which, which is how to better listen to and apply feedback. Let's keep the ball rolling. Why did you choose that uh, subtopic I, I yourself? Didn't, I didn't plan that, uh, but Carolina said it and it felt fitting. Um, anyway, so um, I, my topic was like how to better listen to feedback. Um, and honestly, I think I can, we can even be more broad in how to better listen. I think like we grow up academically or not uh, without learning how to listen just learning how to talk and like we tend to surround ourselves with like this this uh this with our own feedback right and creating like a when we end up creating in the end like a bubble that just echoes our own thoughts and that's not good right because as carolina said it sometimes we need that feedback to steer us to a different direction i think it's uh uh it's important for people that are listening to feedback to be ready to like to drop their guard because i sometimes i i see artists that i work with and or that I worked with in the past and they are already so tense already right you, you didn't say anything and they are already like they already have their guards all there high up and and you know as if as if as if you were about to attack them in any way and it's quite the opposite right like a good leader is is not there for that a good leader is there to to improve your work to 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 you know to improve your work even further to yeah funnel probably that what you're doing into into a certain region but but uh but the benefits are, are yours, right? And yours alone. So, so, so yeah. I think this this is this is one of my points. Is that of course, as as leaders, we we want to we want to hear you, right? So I think it's also very important to exercise uh, how to defend your ideas. To not just say yeah, 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 I would do this. Yeah, 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 I would do this. Quite the opposite. Like we are not there doing what you're doing. You are the one spending uh, eight hours. 16 hours a week into a certain task so you have a very specific vision of what you want so please communicate that because i'm not in your mind right and by doing that i think you can create a way more healthier relationship 
which uh, I'm talking in the sense of art leadership, but by doing that, you can create a much healthier environment where you are bouncing ideas with each other, or you're listening better to feedback and then applying it. Yeah, maybe I jump in into that because because I think that's one of the most important topics in our industry, right? Like giving feedback um, and then trying to 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 process that further. Because I think like one of the of the key difficulties is that when feedback is given, like you're describing that tense feeling, right? Like defense mode is going on, and you try to defend your idea. And I think like what 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 needs to be established is a feedback culture where feedback first of all is welcomed. Whatever it is, right? It could be good feedback, it could be uh, bad feedback. It really doesn't matter. But so we take it, right? And we don't need to reflect all of this feedback. But I think, like, if we stay open and, and we teach people to really stay open for feedback, that's something that is then extremely helpful. Um, and this comes not only for like you know feedback within the discipline. So when you, the art lead, are giving feedback to one of your artists, but also like in the interdisciplinary uh, part of things, right? So so in the design part of things, um, you know, I always tend to the, to the point where it's like, me as a designer, I can't finish a feature entirely, right, without all the people that are connected to that feature getting the chance to give feedback. Maybe an artist have a great idea, great spin, uh, or a developer, or whoever, <laughs> a producer. So I think like creating this this culture of being open for feedback, it's super important, but we know and it's quite difficult to actually get this defense mechanisms out of the people i think uh i think it comes a time really like it's by at least for me you know um after after getting rounds and rounds and rounds of feedback and understanding that uh that my manager my lead was there to to improve my work and that in the end that work that i was doing would be on my portfolio and that would drive me even further to whatever i wanted to do so it's a it's a win win scenario, right? Uh, you're at least not there to to diminish your work or to humiliate you. you know, quite the opposite. If I can jump in, um, so in terms of feedback, I feel like every feedback is good feedback, but you need to learn how to filter it. So because sometimes you're getting feedback from a lot of different people, and they not always know the context, for example, of of the work or of the I don't know image or whatever. So therefore, when you're getting the feedback, you need to like filter it yourself and be sure uh, of what if they understand it, if it's good and so on, which might be difficult for, especially when someone is starting. Mm, but I also feel like the way the feedback is given is also important because artists sometimes get um, tense because uh, the, the way the feedback was provided to them is might be not, um, I wouldn't say, it sounds like attacking to them, which is not exactly the intention of the of the one that is giving feedback. Although sometimes people are reacting weird, so like we also like as the leaders or as people that are giving feedback, we should be like very clear and like the way we're communicating the feedback to like someone who is like junior, for example, or like you know someone that is this needing feedback basically. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, not only the feedback itself is important, but also like filtering and um, and the way the feedback is like given. Yeah, I could um, jump in there, I think. Um, yeah, it's funny because the question's about sort of listening to and applying feedback, and there's a whole thing about giving feedback, uh, which I didn't want to get too into um, because it's, it's such a skill to be able to give feedback that doesn't put up someone's guard or it's specific enough. I think a lot of the time... 
And I don't think this is wrong. A lot of the time you can look at something and say, I don't like it. That's not useful feedback. But there is something in there that you don't like. So as a feedback giver, you need to really like sort of narrow down to what it is specifically that's wrong. Um, but I think if you get feedback that's that's harsh or bad, um, I think just kill them with kindness. I think that's the best way to sort of fix this in the future. Like thank someone that, for their feedback. Like for some people, it's not hard giving feedback, but for most people, it's really difficult, especially negative feedback. Like you work with lots of people, you like them, you don't really want to hurt their feelings, but unless you have a culture where you can share criticism, then you're you're just going to make mistakes and it will not be good for the game or for yourself. So even if the feedback is harsh and not very useful, thank them for it and and try to narrow down what it is exactly their problem is yourself. Um, just be open and humble and really invite them to, to ask follow-up questions and, and that's that type of thing. Um, yeah, I think just just like with players, like a lot of the time you'll get feedback that isn't 100% accurate um, and it can also be harsh, but like I think it all it all really comes from a place of wanting to improve things. Um, I, I grab onto that as like a fuzzy, warm feeling of like everyone just wants your game to succeed, and everyone in your company wants you to succeed because if you succeed, then we all succeed. Um, so yeah, just try to try to keep that guard down. I think that's super important. And if you don't agree with the feedback, um, just think of that there must. be there may be, maybe someone just hates you because they're an asshole. <laughs> maybe that's just the thing. And that is a real thing in the industry and that is a problem. But a lot of the times there is something to the feedback that's been perceived. And even if it's not correct in its raw form, the perception of it is still real and it will affect you. So thinking about how um, that perception could have been formed and then look inward in it yourself, um, I think that can really help uh, take the feedback and have a bit of a, a detached perspective from it. Actually, I would to jump on this because uh, I think it's a great advice, Sam. Like that, that the first reaction should be a warm thank you, right? Because like giving feedback is also something that um, takes a little bit of encouragement and and to be brave sometimes, right? Because as you said, and it's sometimes hard to to uh, criticize someone that you work with that you really like. Um, and so being thankful for any feedback is, I think, a, a great way to actually establish feedback culture in itself. And I wanted to also like say something what what Carolina said, and she's totally right. You know, a lot of feedback needs to get filtered because people are not fully in the context. Sometimes the 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 guys that are giving feedback maybe don't get the full picture, the holistic view of things. Um, but and that I need to say this right. Sometimes this is often be used as kind of a, an addition to the defense mechanisms, right? But it's like, yeah, you know, they don't know the full context, so this feedback is not that relevant. And I think that's dangerous. I think we should still be very grateful for the feedback. Take it, and even if we know, like, look, they don't see the full picture, there might be still bits and pieces, right, that could affect us. So don't ignore those feedback where we know it's maybe not. Uh, reflecting the entire picture, they don't have the full context, right? You don't need to provide the full context always because this makes it, you know, it's, it's quite a bit of effort to always like onboard people for this to then give educated feedback, but embrace the one that's maybe not having the full picture because it still could hold some really interesting uh, things. And always keep in mind, right? So we're producing products that are then being played by players. And they're often not that educated. So sometimes you just get a fresh player perspective. Um, and sometimes we are in kind of a 
pretty fun to you of things. Um, so I think that's always a great thing to to get this kind of uneducated feedback sometimes as well. So I just wanted to say actually that I agree on both Sam and Tom. Like the opinions versus feedback are like two different, completely different things. Uh, and like you need to be careful with it when you give feedback and you get feedback from someone. And I totally agree with Tom with like, no matter like who is giving you no matter context, like every feedback is, could be like relevant. And like, it's very, what I said is obviously like also true, but like, it's a very dangerous for a beginner to like treat it very, um, lightly and like, ah, he doesn't know, I don't care. Um, that is not like the great, but I think like filtering it's coming with a, with a, you know, time with an experience and so on. So you will like, people will learn basically, um, after having some of the situations or like more feedback given to them and so on and so on. I think just to, I'll throw this out to the room as well, guys, just to sort of highlight the importance of receiving the feedback and, and applying any feedback that is, uh, is, is good for, for your progression, right? Has anyone got some examples from your career where uh, maybe a lead of yours or a manager has given you some feedback and, and how that kind of maybe changed your your own sort of approach to your work or maybe changed the trajectory of your career. Sam? Uh, yeah, I think one thing that I didn't realize when I got went from uh, game design to creative direction is that because I saw myself as like one of the, the foot soldiers, you know, I was in the team, one of the cool, friendly guys, when I went up to creative direction, I wouldn't change the way I communicated in, in wiki comments or on Slack or things like that. And I sort of, you don't realize, I got told that my voice is so much more powerful now because even though, you know, all my old, uh, buddies would, would know who I am and be like, oh, it's just Sam, you know, just, he was, he always talks like that. If someone joined the company and just saw Sam creative director, and then I was speaking really casually or making a joke that wasn't like, you know, just jokes can be misinterpreted in all kinds of situations and it's just not worth it. And I think getting that feedback made me realize that, yeah, I need to sort of level up to this position and really think about the, the, the effect of my words, which in a way is also like, a, it's like this feedback conversation. Um, how you say things and being specific and communicating really effectively is so important, um, not just with giving and receiving feedback, but just when you get into higher positions in the industry. Um, and yeah, it was really valuable to, to hear that. Although it, it does, you know, it sucks to be told that, uh, you know, maybe I'd piss some people off or something, but you know, that's on me. I shouldn't have uh, spoken in that way. Awesome. Has anyone got anything else to add there or shall we move on? Carolina? Um, yeah, I can talk about the experience that I said before, actually, because this would be fitting. Um, so I went to portfolio review once uh, a long, long time ago when I was still very, very freshman, let's call it. <laughs> and uh, I really wanted to be a concept artist, like probably most of the artists that are starting. Um, I I was in portfolio review and I think I was very stressed, wasn't really sure. And I presented everything I know. And I got a message from the company after that that, hey, we actually like your stuff, but we don't see you as a, as a concept artist. We don't think you have the skills. We don't think you're fitting. Um, so I said, okay, but you start, like send me an email. So why, why are you interested? 
they said that they see, see potential for me to being a UI artist, UI designer, and uh, that they think I would have like a better skills there. And they give me like some tips and tricks on how to improve it. And they said that I should go to the job interview with them. And I went, I got a job this way. So uh, I got a feedback on the stuff that I was doing. And um, they proposed me something completely different. And uh, instead of being like, no, I don't want to, or no, I, I don't care. I actually tried it and I find out that this is something I actually enjoy doing way more. Um, so yeah, that is the story. Awesome story there. Thank you very much, Carolina. So we're going to move on to our third topic of the podcast today, which has been proposed by the lovely Sam. So um, the topic in question here is advice to give to someone who needs to find a new role but aren't in a position to demonstrate their awesomeness. Great wording, by the way, there, Sam. Um, go ahead, give us a little bit of a backstory on why you chose that one. Yeah, so I've got a pretty experienced art lead friend who is is really great. Uh, she's a great leader, super hard worker, really passionate, and she's gone through a lot of tough times. You know, it's the industry. Um, but that's the problem. She's stuck with one company too long. They haven't released much stuff to the public. And she's so burnt out from working there that she's basically like sort of mentally destroyed to some degree. Um, I know she's good. She knows she's good. All the people that work with her know she's good. Um, but she hasn't got like a really impressive portfolio. And the way that, you know, her confidence has been hit pretty hard with the way she feels at the moment, that it's going to be difficult for her to do that on the side, for example. So I'm wondering what tips um, you would have for sort of getting out of a rut and demonstrating what makes you worth hiring and what what would really uh, impress someone but yeah it's a hard question i think i mean my first advice there is get out of this job as fast as possible um, no matter what because uh you know i've also been in a, a place where i've been sort of burnt out and just you spiral downwards and the more you spiral down the harder it is to climb out of the pit um but that's pretty much all i've got at the moment yeah i think um i think uh, honestly i think it's pretty hard uh uh without taking action, without like, you know, taking a U-turn either through your, either if it's your portfolio or how do you present yourself or how do you, you know, you, your, your, your CV or, uh, but yeah, definitely like get out of where you are and, and take your time. If you have the, if, if you have this privilege, uh, to like, to like rewire your brain, to like place yourself in the position where you want to be, or at least to have the opportunity to start with a fresh colors. Uh, and then I think it's important to take a critical look at at yourself, at your if you're an artist, I'll speak for artists, like at your portfolio, at your CV, uh, and how do you present yourself, especially. And really, if you're going through rounds of interviews, really pay attention where you were being let go. Like, is it are you going past the recruiter? Are you go, stopping with the with the art manager that is hired? Well, it's not me. <laughs> I think that's, I think everyone's had one thing. <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know, I was slip. So you need this elevated music, right? For these moments where you can just like, have this sudden break. Yeah. It's all. I don't know what's going on today. It mustn't be a podcast day on a Wednesday. And we, there we go. Sam, do you want to invite the, the lady on? <laughs> Hopefully I'll just jump back in and uh, continue. We left off. At least it's fun, you know. It's not boring. Yeah, I'm glad it's just not me. <laughs> it's a, yeah, that's like, that's great. Also, tell me if you're uh, you're hating this or not. <laughs> oh, I think you can go. All right, hey, you're on mute, bud. 
Was it just me? I thought it was everybody. Can you? No, no, you froze. Um, apologies. I'd love to. I can't remember where you were when it froze. Uh, it was about pay attention to where you're being let go in the process. Yes. Yeah. So, sure. T- take a moment if you like, and then just get going again. So, so yeah, like I think I think uh, the moment that you know things are stop working, uh, the moment that you let go gives you important clues of where you need to work on. Like sometimes you go through recruiters, meaning that probably your CV and the way you're presenting yourself uh, publicly, it's, it works. But then you stop by, you don't go past uh, an art review, meaning that probably you have to work on your portfolio. Uh, so I think it's very important to take that critical look, to take a step back and and uh, wonder uh, uh, if you were hiring, right? What do you be looking for? What wouldn't work? Um, it's I know it's like, it's especially for young artists, it's, it's scary, right? You, you, you've been putting so much work into certain pieces uh, on your CV and your portfolio, and you, you know you don't want to make any changes sometimes because it's scary. You don't want to be you don't want to be rejected. You don't want to to maybe admit that that was something was wrong, but you gotta do it, right? But like this is this is this is your only option, right? This you have to you have to to make it work. You know, there's no in my in my brain, there's no other option. Right, you have to take that U-turn, and you have to make it work because this, this is this is this is the only thing you can do. I think I can jump in. Um, so I was actually very curious, curious when I uh, read the this topic because it seems like a very difficult situation to be in, and I cannot see other like solution from my side to just basically if you if anyone has the opportunity, quit work and work on the portfolio or do some commission work for someone, or take some side projects or personal projects to pimp up that portfolio. Um, like, I I can imagine that's very difficult for, for, for her, but I hope she will get better and like she will do whatever is needed. Yeah, so actually, um, by jumping in on this, I think like we should separate two things here, right, at least. So one, we have the situation that she's in right now that is very stressful and and mentally like damaging, right? So that's the one thing that she should tackle first potentially, right? Getting out of that situation or try to to get in a spot where she can reflect a little bit on that and take a break. Because I think like um, I think Satari, you said that as well, right? I think getting a break point here is super important to just step back, calm down a little bit to see where you are. Because I think from the position that she's in right now, it's very hard to make any good actions. Because there's pressure, there's uh, you know, there's a lot of frustration I would assume, um, and maybe even some fears connected to that. So first, that's the first thing I guess that needs to be solved. Then the second part, and I think that's also a pretty general problem that that a lot of people are facing in the industry. Maybe especially in the mobile part of things where people are working for a company for a very long time, but due to the, you know, difficulty in the industry, in the market, there are no releases. And no releases means like not a lot to show in CV. And I think that sometimes can help. And I know, of course, for artists, it's always better to just have something to show, <laughs> of course. But still, I think if if you are in the position to just reflect what you've done in the past years, there are pretty sure a lot of things, a lot of achievement and accomplishment that you've made in there that are not necessarily just visualized in any imagery, right? That could still be very valuable um, to put into CV that will caught the attention of, of 
hiring managers like us, and then she get the chance to explain it um, in more detail and to show the awesomeness in the interview itself. But I think it should be a two-step uh, process here. First, get calm, again, get, get into a situation where I feel comfortable to then be able to act uh, strategically. I think it's a really good example of, uh, even though at the start it can seem like a a dream getting into gaming especially with uh, all the passion that goes into the job but it's a good example of how along the journey it it can get rocky and it's not always sunshine and rainbows um so again just to chuck this out to the room for for maybe any examples from you guys has there been a point in any of your careers where perhaps you've needed a change or you've been stuck or you've not perhaps been enjoying what you've been doing and how you got around that uh, yeah maybe i start so my introduction of set that i took a break um after after one of my jobs, because it was a really intense time, well, we had a great team, a great project. Uh, it was a phenomenal time for my development and um, personal development, and also like uh, within this team. Um, but unfortunately, right, the industry, you know, sometimes has own laws, and it doesn't necessarily reflect your own feelings or how things are, going. and not even reflecting the quality of what you're working on, right? It, has nothing to do with with the product that you work on, nothing with the team, and still, there are some decisions been made that lead to a project being cancelled. This is harsh. I think everyone who faced that knows that this is super hard. Sometimes, uh, cancellation of a project also means cancellation of an entire studio, right? So this has happened to me, and it was, well, it was devastating. Uh, it it still feels hard if I you know think about it. Uh, uh, and so what I did is really just taking a break, taking a step back, trying to get loose a little bit of all the dependencies that the business uh, brings into the space of gaming um, to then get a fresh start. I think that that's definitely something, if, if you get the chance to do this, um, that's always a great thing. Take a step back, uh, take a minute to breathe, because I think that's something that we are in a very dynamic and stressful industry and we're used to just run, 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 run. Take a pause, even if it's a short one. I think that's that's extremely helpful. Um, yeah, Carolina, you have anything to add? Uh, yes, but I lost my foot. <laughs> um, I think. Oh, okay, I know. Um, so I've been uh, in a situation when I was very unhappy in a workplace when I feel like my mental health was on a very bad state. And I made a difficult decision. Uh, I quit the job. Um, and to be honest, for me personally, it was a good decision. I felt way better afterwards. Uh, but this is decision everybody could like take a different decision. Um, I uh, recovered. I took some break. I took like a few months break after that to recover from that, take everything slow. And uh, after that, I was able to work again and feel passion again because at, at the end I was not passionate at all. I already had enough of everything. So I feel like what uh, what Tom said was very true. Um, yeah, definitely uh, some uh, when you feel like it's uh, difficult, it's good to uh, stop and start thinking maybe then make some decisions. Okay, I think that does lead us quite nicely onto our final topic of the uh, today, guys, which has been proposed by Carolina, which is the importance of perseverance on the journey. Uh, so, Carolina, if you could give us a bit of an idea on on why you chose that one, please. So, when I was thinking of the podcast, I thought of who's going to listen to it, and I've kind of felt like it's for exactly the people that try to like start their career in art or in design or in the gaming industry in general. 
So I thought to talk a little bit about um, basically, I was thinking about the freshman, like straight away from the university or some art school or design school or like so just someone who wants to change career into into gaming basically and um i was thinking of what occasions like of catching occasions and like making occasions for yourselves while you try to get a job um as at the sole beginning we are mentioning like the educational opportunities there's also a lot of job opportunities these days comparing to how it was before so, for example, for artists, we have a lot of like um, art-related events, portfolios reviews. There is like contests on art station or whatever. There's like a lot of things when you can show your stuff and get noticed, where you can get your kind of even a job from. Um, so I feel like when you're freshman in your kind of um, how to say it? when you're Applying for jobs, you're not getting much answered and this is the only thing you're doing. Maybe it's good to try to do different things. Like, like example, like going for the portfolio reviews, going to the art events, going to the design events. Um, when I was doing even, I was writing random emails to the companies, just asking if they need interns or if they need the, uh, I don't know, if they're searching someone for a 2D artist. And may it might sound silly, but I got a job this way. I wrote to the company, it was pretty close, and I said, hey guys, do you need an intern? And they said, yeah, actually we can take an intern. So I, I started working in the gaming industry this way, basically. So um, by the perseverance, I meant basically not giving up even after everybody's saying no to you uh, and every like... Um, application send or something is like negative there are other ways where you can find when you can find basically uh when people can find you yeah let's say it this way yeah i think uh, i think it's, you you said it's, it could be silly it's not silly at all right it's like it's i think like we we we, we are hiring often and we know that sometimes sometimes the position is not even open sometimes it's not on the website it's not public but we're already thinking about it we already know that we have a need we already start looking for it in our own in our own channels and 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 you know and a lot of positions could 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 pop like this you know if you if you get a if you get an email if you get a a talented portfolio in this meantime why not right and um uh, i think like just being a little bit more more broad on the topic um uh just following up on, on what carlina said like i think uh, um um like you always have to look at you, like you know, keep persevering, keep trying different things, of course. But um, never look at at your neighbor, right? Never look at the work of other people. Like look at your look at you in the past. Look at what you were doing a year ago, two years ago. Especially, um, I'm pretty sure that works for game designers, but it's for artists especially. Like don't don't compare yourself to others, or don't compare yourself to that talented artist that always popping cool artwork in LinkedIn. That's not that's not your reality, right? You have your own story, you have your own reasons to be where you are. So look at yourself where you were a few years back, and that should probably propel you forward. And, you know, like, like cling on that feeling, because you can have, you might have this throughout your whole life. So cling on that, and you'll be just always moving forward. Me giving a little bit of a different perspective on this. <clears throat> so when I started uh, in the podcast talking about the educational situation, I think one of the things that is really great about the opportunities that are out there is that you're meeting people that are just as you 
with the will to go into this industry. And I think, um, so Terry, you might be totally right when it comes down to artists, like don't look at your names and try to compete. I, I would agree with that. But then the opposite thing is like, go and seek for people that are having the same goals, right? Because I think this is the beauty of what, what those design schools and universities are offering, right? The, the opportunity to meet others to then actually do something together. Because Sam said it absolutely correctly in the beginning, right? Make games, like do something uh, in the manner that that you want to want to achieve later on. And I think that is the uh, the great part about actually seeking seeking other collaborators. Because in the end, what we are doing is we are a highly collaborative industry. We are this weird, wild, melting pot of disciplines. Um, and I think that's that's definitely maybe something uh, to Carolyn's point to say, like you know, try something else, um, try something different. Yes, and then maybe you seek some others to support you on this since I think you want to go next yeah and I think on that like uh yeah of course reiterating don't compare yourself to others uh, in in the sense of your artwork but of course um like look at others uh, look at companies um um artworks and and use that as your inspiration so, so I always tell I have told a few people to like let's say you want to work you really want to work with fan medieval fantasy games then take your favorite medieval fantasy game and go do some 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 concepts for it or some ui for it or go check what is not working in their game and try to fix it you know that will just you know you're going to be using your own passion uh to develop your portfolio and this is what the entire managers are looking for like when if you if if you like here in in, in we gaming right we work with a lot of vehicle shooters and if we see that in your portfolio then that's great you know so you can you can, that works for for all sorts of all, all sorts of so of companies. So I wanted to follow up a little bit of what Tom said. Um, so creating connection is always great in no matter what job. Like not only like people, I, of course, people that are around you, you know them, they're on kind of similar level. But in general, like getting the opportunities, like meeting new people. Um, maybe you can talk to them later. Maybe they need something. They will remember you. Uh, even like colleagues from your university, they're doing a game and they also remember you and they're like, hey, do you remember me? We did this something together back then. Are you still doing that? And I also got like ask, asking like this from friends from the university. So it's a, it's a great to have this connection with people who are like in a similar kind of um, interest. Yeah, I can, I can jump in next. Um, yeah, for me, when I looked at the question, like, I guess I thought of it a lot as, I guess perseverance is continuing even when things are tough. Um, and for me, like, I just want to talk a lot about failing. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of failure in the industry. Um, like Tom mentioned, um, you and your team are going to fail a lot. Uh, it feels pretty bad, but you know, ultimately it's the only way we really learn. Um, so I'd say you have to become comfortable with failing. Um, one thing that's I found very difficult is detaching my self-worth from the work I do. Um, so like if my work isn't successful, it must mean that I'm worthless. I'm a terrible designer. If the, if it didn't work out or things didn't go as planned, I must be a bad person or an incompetent person. And don't be like that. Just don't, just be kind to yourself. Um, I think the most important thing to persevere is to, um, maintain like the fuel of your passion. Um, but it's very hard to do that when you're just constantly beating yourself up and thinking, 
sure, I may be passionate, but I'm not capable of doing these things. And that's that's stupid. You are capable. If you have the passion, you will become capable. Um, but yeah, if you beat yourself up, beat yourself up every time there's a failure or you take it really, really to heart, then your journey isn't going to be a fun one. And if it's not enjoyable, you're not going to maintain that that fuel of passion. Um, and yeah, I, I think some people I've heard cope by saying, oh, you know, we're just making games. And like, I want to like spin that feedback around. Like, I, I would never say we're just making just games. Like, oh, no, I think games are awesome and important. And, you know, I live to make games. But like, the games part is important. It's meant to be passionate, exciting, emotional, uh, resonant experiences. They're very human experiences we're creating. And if you don't keep an open mind, you don't stay curious and you don't, you're not brave to make creative calls, then you won't be able to persevere. So be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. And yeah, like we're going to live to like 120 probably if the world doesn't explode. So you can have loads of time to make games and you will succeed um, for sure. Well, if I can jump in. <laughs> so I love what you said, Sam. Uh, I feel it's very fitting and uh... I feel like there's a fine line between like beating yourself up and like self-criticism and sometimes people take self-criticism just way too much like they're criticizing way too much but overall when criticizing yourself uh, it's good because you're improving this it's like a little bit like feedback I feel um, you give feedback for people so they can improve uh, you also give criticism or feedback to yourself so you also can improve. So I feel like sometimes people just uh, crossing those lines between like beating and uh, criticizing and it's it's a really good to know the healthy balance here. Yeah, and I, I think uh, just jumping in, I think uh, adding to what Sam said, I think it's important for us to normalize talking about the things that didn't work, you know, the times we failed. Because like when, when we see like on our portfolios and, and other people's portfolios and LinkedIn and things like that, we're bombarded by the final product, right? We are bombarded by the 100% success and we don't have visibility on everything that happened before on all the dozens and hundreds of iterations and things that didn't work for that to come through. And and it's important to have that perspective when looking at your own job, that we're looking at your own work. Things won't work all the time, but if you have that critical look into your own work, you will be able to, you know, uh, see what's wrong and, and, and polish and, and, and get better. Carolina, you wanted to say something? Well, no. I'm cool. <laughs> well, I, I felt like it's a very yeah. that was a very good point. <laughs> well, I think it's a, a very fitting end, especially with the with the discussion there about uh, the actual determination throughout the journey. And uh, there's some great advice in there. Um, Going to go around the room here just to round this up today. Um, if your younger self, your junior self, walked into the room right now, with where you are at your career. What would you turn and say to them as a few words of advice? Uh, Santiago, I'm going to unfairly point you out first. Um, I think I'll tell myself that with that stuff, uh, that everything's going to work out. Uh, that uh, when things are good, they will get bad. When things are bad, they'll get good. Uh, nothing is permanent. Uh, things are always in motion. So brace yourself. Uh, it's going to be a rough ride. But uh, in the end, in the end, it's gonna it's gonna be fine. And Carolina, what would you say to your younger self? I would yeah, I would say to myself that don't beat yourself so much, because uh, I used to do that, and I would totally tell like don't do it, 
like be a little bit more chill everything's gonna work out uh don't stress as much uh you love it after all oh what would you say to yourself so, yeah so maybe i would just say uh something that i tell to 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 many people around me which is like embrace the trench right so yes sometimes it's harsh sometimes it's uh wild uh, but in the end it's a it's a joyful ride that we're in um and i'm also telling like you will meet so many great people on your path and this is one of the biggest choices. And even if you fail, just continue doing it and embrace it. So, yeah, that's maybe the best advice I can give. And finally, Sam. Uh, it's going to sound really bad for myself. Like, I'd say, don't be an asshole. Um, I mean, that's the number one rule for anyone working in the industry, or probably in any industry, or as a human being in general. Um, but I think, yeah, it's very, it's good to be passionate. This is a passion driven industry, but passion can also turn negative. You can be very passionate about criticizing the direction of the game or um, competitors or people on your team that aren't performing and things like that. And that's just not good. So that's not good fuel to fuel your passion. So stay kind and um, use that energy for good and not for, um, yeah, shouting from the sidelines, which I think I used to do quite a lot when I was a more younger, younger game designer. Now I'm now I'm in charge of stuff. I realized that I probably wouldn't have wanted to manage myself. Uh, it was getting emotional there. So thank you for making it comedic, Sam. Uh, well, we're going to wrap the episode up there. Thank you very much for listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast. If perhaps you're thinking about getting into the gaming industry or you're studying, or maybe you just wanted to hear some other people's stories, I hope you enjoyed the episode today. And a big thank you to our panel as well, Carolina, Sam, Santiago, and Tom for lending their time and providing their insights to today's topic. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we look forward to welcoming you again very soon.